Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. World Soccer Talk Radio here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Hello to all of our radio affiliate listeners out there in the good old U.S. of A. Hello to all of you listening around the world via iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, WorldSoccerTalk.com for all of your soccer journalism needs, all of your desires for that fantastic readable material and you can listen to the show at worldsoccertalk.com tweet us at worldsoccertalk and at sports byline usa my name is nate abarea tweet me at nate wst love mail hate mail all of it nate wst michael kaylee of espn fc is going to be with us in this edition of the show Michael's claim to fame is bringing, quote-unquote, baseball stat nerdiness to the world of football. So I cannot wait to talk with Michael about the burgeoning field of soccer analytics and how stats have really made their presence known in the soccer world in recent years. After soccer for decades, you could say even for, for a century plus, was known as a game very much free of statistics. You had goals and not much else. Oh, how much that has changed in recent years, bringing baseball stat nerdiness to the world of football. Michael Cayley will be with us right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Quick piece of news to get to before we bring Michael on, and that is the story coming out of Toronto today. We talked a little bit about this a couple of days ago on the show, the refugees welcome banner being taken down by security in Toronto, and then the TFC heads coming out and saying that it was because there's no political messaging of any kind permitted within the walls of an MLS stadium, be it this one in Toronto or any around North America. Well, today, TFC, good on you, Toronto FC, they come out and admit they were wrong to remove the refugees' welcome banner at the game. best. 
best matches. Live, wherever you are, with Fox Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app, get the games, and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. Your season-long fantasy football team may be going strong, but you don't have to wait until week 16 to get paid. Put your fantasy skills to the test every week this season at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. Got an injured player? No problem. It's like a new season every week, so you're never stuck with the same players. And get this, DraftKings is crowning a new millionaire every week this season. You could turn your love of football into a life-changing payday just pick your players pile up the points and pick up your cash that's it you've never experienced football like this before this isn't fantasy as usual this is DraftKings. welcome to the big time hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code bonsanto to play for free for a shot at one million dollars in this week's millionaire maker event enter bonsanto for free entry now only at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. that's DraftKings.com. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Things change as you get older. Glasses get thicker, sunscreen gets stronger, hair grows where it shouldn't. The same is true for your car. Some changes you can see, some you can't. So Valvoline created Max Life, our best defense against the hidden signs of aging for cars that are just getting started at 75,000 miles. We introduced motor oil in 1866, and we've been reinventing it ever since. Valvoline, 140 years under the hood. Visit AutoZone now and buy five quarts of Max Life and an oil filter starting at $23.99. See store for restrictions and details. World Soccer Soccer Radio back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Our apologies for some brief technical difficulties at the end of that last segment, but we're back. We're strong. We're back aboard the ship. We're sailing. We're strong. Let's do it. World Soccer Talk Radio. Also, listening to us, you are on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, WorldSoccerTalk.com, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. Thank you so much for making the show a part of your daily plans. My name is Nate Abarea, and we are welp- welcoming in from ESPNFC, Mr. Michael Cayley, the man who has brought baseball stat nerdiness to the world of football. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's good to be here. So tell us about the burgeoning field of, of soccer analytics, Michael. Yeah, so 
what's been going on, it's really only been in the last five or six years. One of the interesting things about soccer is that up until 10 years ago, you know, in baseball, if we want to look back and see what Babe Ruth did in the 1920s, we have a list of all of his hits, all of his home runs, his walks, his stolen bases. We even have a lot of his, like, putouts in the outfield. For soccer, we have goals, and that's it. For those, it's only up in, it's only about 10 years ago that a company called Opta started collecting stats. So you could say, this person had this many tackles, this person took this many shots, they were from here. And so, analytics in, in soccer then has had to follow that because we've only just recently gotten the kind of stats that you can then begin to do analytics with. And now what we're seeing is that a number of teams, um, there's a team Brentford in the championship, which is really throwing its, throwing its lot in with analytics. Big teams like Man City and Arsenal are doing analytics, but it wasn't possible until relatively recently. And so that, I think that's one of the reasons that like soccer is this really new place for people to be doing analytics. Because just the opportunity wasn't there in the same way. Michael, you talk about this big shift starting in in the last decade. What was the impetus for it? Who were the people that were really the the pioneers of of this movement of actually having some dependence on analytics within the game of soccer after, as you said, for a century plus, it was goals and nothing more. Where did the impetus come from? Yeah, and th- I mean, there have been people over the, over the, over the decades who've done, who've done their own collection of data, but it never really, um, it was never done systematically. And some of the, the some of the big, uh, movers here is a company called Opta that started collecting data. They, I believe, uh, contracted out to Chelsea early on and got, to, um, and, and Chelsea was heavily involved in trying to get this data as early as they could. There's a company called Stat DNA, which worked with Arsenal. And so it was often, it was really, it really happened sort of at the club level at first. It's only recently that people, um, you know, I, when I started writing, there were already people out there, a guy named Ted Knutson sort of founded a site called StatsBomb. Ted Knutson now is working for Brentford uh, in the championship. So that, but it's only recently that now it's gone from the club level to people starting to write about it. Uh, fans and everyone getting excited about, you know, new ways of talking about soccer, new ways of getting excited about this sport. Why has it been so recent? Because there have been so many brilliant minds and mad professor types around the, the world of soccer for, for decades, going, going way back in the history books. There have been plenty of brilliant mathematicians who have been football fans. Why has it taken so long for, for the world of soccer to jump on board the, the analytics train, in your opinion, Michael? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Um, one that's kind of boring but does matter a lot is that in the U.S., um, the, 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 the leagues produce statistics, and they're considered to be public, uh, publicly available. And so then any fan and anyone who works for a team who wanted to get those stats, they were already produced by the league in public. That wasn't being done, so it was only then you know, your mad professors, um, you know, people who were excited about that, would collect their own data. You know, people in Russia had a lot of data. A guy named Charles Reap was collecting data in England. But it would just be their own data. It would never be systematic. And so you couldn't it's, – and it's hard to do analysis at the larger level until you can collect, like, every shot in the Premier League, not just all of the shots that your team took. And, um, and that required, um, you know, pe- people – and that also, I think, required, you know, television and people having video of all these games so you can track them. There's a technological side to it, too. 
Michael, talk a little bit about the the usefulness of of the statistical analysis and what teams at, at the club and and as you've cited even now at the international level, what these teams are actually getting from this stuff. Yeah. So the interesting. I mean, this is a field that is still very much. Um, you know, as we've been discussing, it's, it's, it's very early days. And, at the, and, and further on to that, uh, football is just such an incredibly richly dynamic sport. I don't think that we're ever going – I think it's going to be a very, very long time before we can do things like people do in baseball where they're just very convinced they know how good a player is because they have his stats. It's, it's much more complicated than that in, in football. Um, but I think the things that people have gotten out of this um, – one of the big ones is that looking at the team level and trying to ana- analyze how good teams are, it's really interesting that there it takes a really long time. Players and teams can go on streaks where they just can't finish chances. And these streaks can last for a long time. Last year, Manchester City had that really bad run uh, in, 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 in the spring where it just seemed like nothing was going right. And I looked at their numbers, and they're actually creating chances at a pretty good rate. But Sergio Aguero, who's one of the best finishers in the world, just a great, great player, scored only one of 50 shots. Toward the end of the year, he started finishing again, and they came back around. Now you can see Manchester City at the top of the Premier League. So one of the things that they can do is sort of point to times when a, when a, when a bad streak isn't really something to worry about. When a bad streak is just, you know, one of those things that happens. I think that's what happened to Manchester City last year. We can see them turning around this year. It allows us to, to sort of break down whether whether something is, you know, likely to persistent, likely to continue. Well, Michael, I remember that bad spell for Sergio Aguero quite vividly, and and talking with uh, Carter Krishnayer at length about it on the show and. It's interesting, one of the things that you talked about there, that there there is almost this ability to be able to kind of just brush it all aside. And I'm sure there's been ample resistance to the the analytics world coming into soccer from from the, the old guard, folks who, who think it's all just a, a bunch of junk. What, what have you come across as far as the, the resistance from the old guard, people that, that don't want analytics in soccer? Yeah, and... I think that um, I think that one there, there's sort of two sides to this. One is sort of about um, is that the difference, and this is one of the sort of technical things. But I think it is useful. The difference between stats and analytics. I think a lot of people have a resistance to sort of analytical sort of this kind of analysis because they see so many people saying so many silly, so many bizarre things by using statistics. But like you know, Francis Coakland had 12 tackles. Thus, Francis Copeland is a good player. And Francis Copeland has 12 tackles. That's a stat. That's interesting. But to do analysis, you need to find out when he made those tackles. Were they in situations <laughs> where he was really breaking up important attacks? Or were they in situations where he was sort of stepping out and taking a risk? Were they in situations where, where four players had ganged up on the ball and he happened to be the one to pick it up? And so these are the sorts of things. I think that one thing that, that I try to do is to be very clear that Having stats doesn't mean that you're doing, um, you know, that you're really trying to answer questions in, a, in, in an analytical way. Um, the other thing is really being uh, is that it is difficult. When, when, I, when I see something like the Manchester City streak happening, um, you know, I, 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 I talked about this. I wrote articles about it, and I had a lot of Manchester City fans saying, "No, you're not watching all the games." And I mean, 
And I was watching a lot of the games, and I try as much as I can to watch the games so that when, I mean, I love football, but so that when these weird things are happening, I can have a sense of, okay, I saw this happen. I don't think there was anything too weird happening. Or, you know, you have other situations um, like uh, Manchester City under Sir Alex Ferguson, Manchester United ugh, under Sir Alex, Alex Ferguson. They did better than the numbers expected them to do. And actually, as I've, and, and people for a while thought, oh, it's a fluke, oh, it's weird. And as we've gone back in the numbers in the last, like, really just in the last year, we've started to find the indicators of what Sir Alex Ferguson was doing, the way his teams were creating big chances off of set plays, big chances in certain kind of transition situations, such that what we thought was them maybe being, what people thought was them being lucky and be the numbers, was in fact that team being legitimately very, very good. And so it's a matter of always leaving that open and not um, just presuming that if you have a stat, if you have an analysis, that's done. You can throw it out. (laughs) Michael Cayley of ESPN FC is here with us, talking all about soccer stats and analytics and how they're perhaps changing the way we look at the beautiful game. More with Michael Cayley on the other side of this break. World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Things change as you get older. Glasses get thicker, sunscreen gets stronger, hair grows where it shouldn't. The same is true for your car. Some changes you can see, some you can't. So Valvoline created Max Life, our best defense against the hidden signs of aging for cars that are just getting started at 75,000 miles. We introduced motor oil in 1866, and we've been reinventing it ever since. Valvoline, 140 years under the hood. Visit AutoZone now and buy five quarts of Max Life and an oil filter starting at $23.99. See store for restrictions and details. See the world's best matches live wherever you are with Fox Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app, get the games, and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. 
Your season-long fantasy football team may be going strong, but you don't have to wait until week 16 to get paid. Put your fantasy skills to the test every week this season at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. Got an injured player? No problem. It's like a new season every week, so you're never stuck with the same players. And get this, DraftKings is crowning a new millionaire every week this season. You could turn your love of football into a life-changing payday just pick your players pile up the points and pick up your cash that's it you've never experienced football like this before this isn't fantasy as usual this is DraftKings. welcome to the big time hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code bonsanto to play for free for a shot at one million dollars in this week's millionaire maker event enter bonsanto for free entry now only at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. that's DraftKings.com. Nate Abarea back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio. You know, this past weekend, a star was born at Old Trafford. We talked all about him yesterday with Gaz of the full-time devil. It's Anthony Marshall, Marcial, tomato, tomato, call him what you will. He scored a beautiful debut goal that had many pundits comparing him to Thierry Henry. Let's not get carried away, folks, but it was very Henry-like, that goal that he scored against Liverpool. United are third in the table. The Red Devils have an opportunity to narrow the gap at the top, hunting down there. Crosstown City rivals Manchester City. Well, this Sunday, United travel way down south to play Southampton. 11 a.m. Eastern time kickoff on TV here in the States. But instead of doing the TV broadcast, I want to encourage you to listen to Gaz and Adam, two of the blokes from the full-time Devils. You heard Gaz on the show yesterday. They're the most popular United channel on YouTube, and they will be calling the Southampton Man United match live on Rabble.tv. With Rabble, the concept is simple. All you got to do, tune into the TV broadcast, press the mute button, then head over to Rabble to listen to the boys from the full-time Devils sharing their analysis with Rabble. You can listen to their broadcast on your desktop, iOS app, and now through your mobile browser. Plus, join in by posting your questions or observations in the comments section or this Premier League weekend or this footballing weekend from Major League Soccer all the way to the Russian Premier League and everywhere in between. Call one of your team's games. Call the game on Rabble.tv. Cut your teeth as a young broadcaster. That is what it's all about. It's easy. It's free. It's Rabble. And again, Sunday, 10.45 a.m. Eastern, get a little pre-match excitement buzzing with the full-time Devils. 10.45 a.m. Eastern time here in the U.S. of A. Join the full-time Devils on Rabble this Sunday. Rabble.tv, where it's your team and your call. Huge thank you to Rabble for their continued support of this very show, World Soccer Talk Radio, where we are joined in this edition of the program by Michael Cayley of ESPN FC, the man who has brought baseball stat nerdiness to the world of football. Michael in the last segment, we touched on a couple of the statistical areas and analytical areas that are really becoming quite common in terms of their, their use in not only these teams using them, but, but the media uh, using them as well, and pundits and journalists using these. You talked about player finishing rates, and then we talked about uh, tackles and the, the location of tackles, the, the grander meaning of, of a tackle in the midfield. Was it cutting down an attack, et cetera, et cetera? Give us some others, some other favorites of yours and ones that you feel are, are the most meaningful and could really be useful for teams and, and even media uh, to use in, in the present and the future. Yeah, so um, one thing that I have worked on that I think is 
has been quite useful, and a couple of other people have worked on this as well. Uh, Colin Trainer has done this, is statistics that look at sort of styles of play in midfield, the ways in which teams press and seek to win the ball back quickly. I, did, I looked at this when I looked at uh, Roger Schmidt's Bayer Leverkusen team last year, and the rates, they, they win the ball back within about five to seven seconds. If they give the ball away in midfield, they win it back about 50% of the time. There are almost no teams, in the, there are only a couple of teams in the English Premier League that win it back even over 40% of the time. So you get a sense of how, how hard they press how hard they work, and how open their games can become. Because, of course, in those 50% of times that they don't win the ball back, there's often an attack going the other way. And so one of the things I was able to pick out from that that I think was interesting that I think you haven't been noticing as much is that Louis van Gaal's Man United is actually a really high-pressing team. They don't seem that way because they're kind of slow, but they're slow once they win the ball. They actually have one of the most effective and highly structured presses in the game. And so I've looked at sort of styles of play that I think is, is a very useful way to break down the ways that teams play. Um, one of the things that I could point out here is that one thing that we're still quite a ways away from in soccer, and one of the things that's kind of exciting, people are working on this, is real statistics for the value of like a fullback or a central midfielder. From the statistics we have right now, we still have to be very careful when we're saying, you know, because if, what you want to do exactly as you were talking about, if you, you want to break down all of those aspects of a tackle, and those are really complicated. Those are really messy. And so you want to be care- we want to be careful. Um, if someone is telling you that they know analytically that, such a, that this person is a really good central midfielder, be a little skeptical. We're not there yet. One of the most interesting areas uh, statistically for me, and people have, have been doing this actually for, for eh, I'd say, close to 10 years now. This is... I will uh, I will repeat that last question. Our apologies for uh, again a couple of brief technical glitches there, but I, I'm I'm focusing on set pieces for this next uh, conversation. What have you learned about about corner kicks and and set pieces through your uh, statistical research, sir? I've I've got some stuff on that. That'd be great. Sorry about that. I'm back now. We're back. Go ahead. Okay. So with uh, with corner kicks, two of the things that I think are really interesting here. One is that um, this was actually one of the first places that people started doing this sort of analytical work. Uh, Sam Allardyce, when he was at uh, Bolton, was uh, ha- had teams brought in to work on new set play routines. The um, Brentford and Machilin teams that have been using analytics are trying to do new things with set pieces, draw up plays, figure out ways to get the most out of these opportunities, rather than just um, lumping it up in the air and hoping you have a, a big guy to head it in. So one thing that's going on is I think people, I think we're going to start seeing teams really outperforming on set pieces because they're paying attention to these. Um, the other thing that I've looked at 
is the question of sort of what these are worth. How good is it? And fans get really excited when there's a corner kick. You know, when you win a corner, you've got a chance. And the numbers say that teams only score about 3% of the time. So it takes about 30 corner kicks before you, 30 or 33 corner kicks before you think you're actually going to be hopefully scoring a goal. And on top of that, it's not, scoring kicks aren't even worth that because there's a good chance off a corner there's going to be a counterattack. And so then another about a um, little under 1% of the time, a corner kick actually leads to a good scoring opportunity or goal going down the other way. So while teams are working on set play routines, uh, corner kicks themselves, at least so far, don't seem to be worth that much, especially because of the chance that you're going to give up a goal on the counter if you really commit to it. Michael, what about the the basic concept of set pieces being oh so important in, in a soccer match? And this is something that I, I crack up on because coaching for me at, at the high school level, I always think, oh, it must be something. It's, it's a product of, of youth soccer. And then I'll watch a Premier League game that with a, a 2-2 draw in, in the Premier League and three out of the four goals in the match come off either corner kicks, free kicks, a, a penalty. And the concept of set pieces it's so often where I feel like they're the majority of goals in, in matches. And it's got to be me, you know, overreacting to some of these games. But can, can you kind of ground me or let me know how important set pieces are really when it comes to goals, what the percentage is uh, from, from your research? Yeah, so um, the percentage of shot of goals scored on set pieces is, is relatively low. Um, it, it's, not, it's, it's certainly not zero. But um, for the one of the things that we, that we that we've found in the numbers is that um, is that set piece conversion tends to be uh, more even between teams at different levels, and where you see the real um, variance between team quality tends to be a little bit more in their uh, open play chance creation. And so um, one of the things this means is that then set plays are kind of a weapon of the week. One reason oh, yes. see a lot of set, set play chances is because a team that doesn't have the kind of horses, the kind of skilled players to compete with, you know, um, Manchester City's attacking midfielders and such like that, they're instead going to focus on set plays. So, set, so we have set plays because we have set plays become important because they're a chance for teams who don't have the talent, who don't have perhaps the same kind of skill to try to make that up. But it's not. Um, for the most part, it's it's a it's it's a way to try to make up a bit of a gap rather than a way to um you know win the title. Well, Michael, uh, we, we we've got only ninety seconds before we got to head to break here, and so I, I love that quote. I've already got this one written down. The the set piece is the weapon of the week on the on the soccer pitch. It would be it would be what David used to to beat Goliath in a in a soccer match. But you touched on something there briefly: set piece conversion rate. When are we going to start seeing teams really, you know, magnify their focus on set piece conversion going, hey, we are the guys. We are the, the team that always score off set pieces. Yeah. And, and what um, this is something where I think that that this is something I, where I expect there's going to be movement in the in the coming years. A lot of teams have are really starting to try to pay attention to you know, drawing up plays in a kind of NFL style way where you're really <laughs> using all of the movement, all of different players. Because it, it has the same kind of structure of an NFL play where you can really have a bunch of guys running routes, a bunch of different options, a bunch of um, sort of trickery. And for the most part, I think one of the reasons that we see relatively little variance 
in set plays is there's very little variance in the kinds of set plays that are run. Um, there was a there was a play that uh, Liverpool ran I think two weeks ago where James Miller where they sort of set something up and James Miller kicked it way too high. That ball, you know what you know it. what's funny you know what's funny Michael is that shot actually just flew into the radio studio right now I remember <laughs> it vividly when it left James Milner's foot yeah look out Dom Jimenez Michael Cayley is with us right here on World Soccer Talk Radio talking all about soccer stats and soccer analytics and we'll talk a little bit more on the other side of this break about how long it's going to take for this stuff to really set in and not maybe upset the old guard because i'm telling you the day is coming soon michael cayley with us world soccer talk radio stay tuned last friday allison Cohn made her status fbf to a pic of me as a pipsqueak awkward it got 59 likes and 12 comments impressive ally geico also has a comment on your flashback friday did you know geico has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years bet you didn't even know they made cars back then and if you think your flashback is awkward you should see our pick hashtag blurry Hashtag over 75 years of savings. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall and Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall and Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall and Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall and Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help, and your insurance may offer coverage. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-521-3214. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven, gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-521-3214. 800-521-3214. I don't like sit-down dinners. I don't go to sit-down strikes. I like standing room only. And I don't ride bikes. This pretty bad song is by a guy with pretty bad hemorrhoids. He needs Preparation H relief with a power of two. First, use fast-acting Preparation H medicated wipes, then longer-lasting Preparation H maximum strength cream. Let's sit together on the porch swing. Preparation H. Don't stand for hemorrhoids. Use is directed. And try specially formulated medicated wipes for women.
It has been now over 100 days since Barcelona lifted the last Champions League trophy after defeating Juventus 3-1 in Berlin. And finally this week, we had the return of the champions. That's right. Filling our weekday afternoons and evenings with joy, unless, of course, you're a Manchester United, Manchester City, or Arsenal supporter. Good luck in match day two, boys. Now, if you're like me, you love putting your soccer expertise to good use by playing fantasy soccer. So what better way to enjoy the best players in the world than by playing one of the most unique fantasy soccer games out there? Euro Fantasy League with EuroFantasyLeague.com. You get to select your fantasy team from six of the major European leagues, including the Prem, La Liga, Serie A, Ligue 1. Dutch, Portuguese, whatever you want. So imagine picking a team that could feature Ronaldo, Aguero, Pogba, Zlatan, Rooney, and Messi or any other combination of truly world-class footballers. You can play for free or enter one of the $1 or $10 games where you have a chance to win prizes ranging from 500 all the way up to 5000 Plus, you can choose between a typical fantasy game or a draft format and enter as many prize or challenge games as you'd like. This is your opportunity to show your expertise of European soccer by playing against other fans from around the world. Set up your free fantasy soccer game today or get in one of those $10 games and try to win five grand. Oh, my goodness. EuroFantasyLeague.com. Again, head on over to EuroFantasyLeague.com. Huge thank you to EuroFantasyLeague.com for their continued support of World Soccer Talk Radio, making this show possible and making it possible for us to have conversations with fantastic guests such as Michael Cayley of ESPN FC, the man who has brought baseball stat nerdiness to the world of football or is, or is attempting continuing <laughs> the, the attempt to bring baseball stat nerdiness to the world of football. And let's, let's jump off that and continue something that we talked about actually about 10 or 15 minutes ago, and that is perhaps some of the resistance to all of this stuff. And I, I always cite the, the phrase, <laughs> the old guard, you know, and how many people look at soccer as it's a game that, that is free of statistics. And in many ways, that's what, what makes it so special. And the, the, the true game of, exp- of, of human artistic expression on the pitch. And it's free of, of all these numbers. What, what's it going to take to defeat that mindset? Because the way I'm seeing this thing, the way I'm, I'm hearing what, what you're throwing out on this show, it's only a matter of time before that mindset disappears. Would you agree or are you a little bit more skeptical in terms of how resistant some of the old guard and, and people with them might really be to all this stuff? Yeah, I, th- I think there's, there's very much sort of a people see, people see football as a, a, a game which, as exactly as you said, is resistant to numbers. There's something about it that is aesthetic. And I think that, um, that people are, you know, people worry that it'll make the game less, it'll somehow make the game less beautiful if we sort of can, rec- if we can recognize more clearly what's going on. And I think that one worry, maybe, maybe this is a way in, one worry that people have is that if you try to apply analysis to, to football, you're going to stop playing beautiful football. There's something about about the beauty of it that would be opposed, and I don't think that's true. Um, I think that teams that play the, the the beauty of a you know a fast Real Madrid counterattack, the beauty of a slow build from Barcelona, or the kind of um, high press that that Borussia Dortmund plays, these are all things that when we put analysis on them, what we see is how they work and why they're so cool. We were not trying to say, stop doing those beautiful things. So I, I like to see the, uh, the analytical side as something that instead of being opposed to what, um, what, what the old guard sees as the way football should be, is rather a helpful complement to it. The 
that can help us understand the game better. Um, I think that there's going to be resistance. People are always, you know, um, going to see statistics as sort of trying to put something sad on a game that's happy. But I try to see them as two happy things that go together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Michael, I I think it's important to point out here, and going back to this, you know, I I love the quote of bringing baseball stat nerdiness to the world of football. (laughs) Well, in the world of baseball, there's been tons of resistance to to saber yep. metrics and and infield shifts and and again it's it's the baseball it's a great American pastime old guard that has been very resistant to this stuff and and then suddenly over the last few years that is almost the, the resistance has almost disappeared you've got uh, guys who are as old school as it gets like Ron Wotus and Bruce Bochy for the the San Francisco Giants who, who buy into these saber metric stuffs and these these shifts and these incredible analytic studies as much as anybody so I think that it can happen in football I, I yep. think that it is possible to break through the resistance of the OGs in the game who, who think it should be done the classic way because I've seen in baseball numerous examples of of old school minded managers who were a little bit timid a little bit resistant at first and once they saw the way you know these things can benefit their teams suddenly they bought into it and and have completely bought into it I mean have you have you seen a similar trend in baseball I I I think it I think it is happening slowly I think that you know it's one of the things where analytics is going to have to prove that it's useful um, I, I know that uh, West Ham have brought in some analytical people recently, and while you know the, the team has and, and they've got a couple big wins early, and I think that you know a guy like Dimitri Payet, uh, who had been around for a while and has some really impressive statistical indicators in terms of the kind of shots that he takes, the kind of shots he assists, the kind of his finishing. And if if we can show that like analytics, if a manager can say not you know here's a bunch of stat reports, but the analytics guys got me Dimitri Payet, and he is, you know, he's he's the real deal. That's how you get. That's how you win people over. You have to. You have to get it right. You have to do I, it well. I feel like Michael, the, everything that you're talking about could be so useful in terms of player scouting and in terms of bringing uh-huh. yeah, in right. a player on a transfer. In terms, of, I love the way you broke down teams' systems and and the way they go about whether they're they're a high pressing team, they're a counter attacking team, they're a a ticky taka team, whatever it may be. There's so many different ones that we could go with, and that a team is able to use analytics to their advantage in the transfer market and go, hey, we need a guy to fill in this spot. Oh, well, with all of this analytic research, we have found that this player fits exactly what we need in this spot on the field, be it a a left-sided fullback, be it a a target man up front. Talk about that a little bit and the power of of analytical research in bringing a player into a team system. Exactly. I I I think you put that very well because one of the the issues is that if, if you could have people watch every single match in every single league, you could get a lot out of that. But if you're running a smaller Premier League team or a championship side, you don't have that many scouts. So that's where analytics comes in. Analytics allows you to not send scouts randomly out to see some games in a league and hope they find somebody. Instead, you say, we want somebody who plays in a high-pressing system, who wins the ball and gets, you know, and puts dangerous passes into areas near goal. And you use your analytics to find three or four of those guys, and then you can send your scouts out and see and, and, and test it. So you have both sides of it going. And I think that analytics is something that I'm actually surprised how few smaller clubs are doing analytics in a serious degree, because I think it's something that, you know, 
could really allow them to challenge the, the bigger clubs, allow them to make the most of their resources. And I think that the fact that they aren't doing it is too bad. As teams start to, Southampton does it, West Ham is starting to do it. It's going to really sort of close some of that, could close some of that gap with the big teams. Michael, we're five games into a Premier League season. And again, kind of going back and, and taking a quick look at, at the baseball world and the way this stuff works. I mean, a, a guy gets a, a hot start to a season. He's getting a bunch of hits. A, a pitcher's having a hot start to a season. You always hear that that age-old baseball cliche of like, hey, you know, wait wait for a couple of months. Let, let, let's wait for this thing to even out. Bringing that back to, to soccer analytics and, and the statistical analysis as well, and it's important to decipher between stats and, and analytics. Talk about that as far as how long it takes for a, a, a trend early in a season to, to really become something worth making a big deal about and you know talking about on radio shows and all that. Yep, and I, I think that we have at here now at five or six weeks in, we're getting to the point where numbers, the sort of statistical way of looking at it is that the numbers you have on a team can tell you, they can start telling about 50% of what's going on. There's still a whole other 50% where we don't know, where they could be wrong. But we're starting to get good numbers five or six weeks. And this is something that's really interesting in Premier League this year with Chelsea, because a lot of teams that have started, there's a lot of teams out there in my database you know, the, over the last six years that have started poorly. But for the most part, those teams weren't playing that poorly by the underlying indicators. And Chelsea stand out like crazy. Their underlying indicators are really poor. And so we don't have a lot to compare them to. Uh, Arsenal in the 2011-2012 uh, season are one of the best examples. They had that horrible start. And they ended up uh, sort of coming back toward the end of the season. So for the most part, like, you know, you don't want to say too early, but we're starting to see something with Chelsea that I think is going to be worth tracking very closely because they are, um, we're getting to the point where these things mean something. Around five or six weeks, we start to get indicators. And Chelsea struggling at this point is weird to the degree that they are. Michael, how the heck did you get so into this stuff? Taking a taking a step back here for you personally, what what was the start? Now, I'm sure you know it, it's got to have a, a multi sport look at, at this thing in terms of your interest in numbers and and analytics. But can you kind of give us a taste of, of of how this passion started for you? Yeah, so um, I, I I mean, uh, soccer was always a game that I had played through my life, always a game that I had loved, and it, but it wasn't until about um, six or six or seven years ago that I started to really get into it and start to follow, uh, start to follow European football, start to sort of, I am the sort of person who needs to be a fan to get into the game. And I sort of connected to Tottenham Hotspur and have been um, following them. And so as I started to get, as I got into it more and I got more interested, what I found was like, okay, I was like, okay, where's my, you know, baseball reference site that tells me all the stats. And I went looking and I just couldn't find them. You know, I wanted to find how many shots on target, Tottenham had conceded, and there was nowhere for me to go that collected the total number of shots on target the team had conceded. So I had to start collecting them. And once you start collecting them, once you start to have stats on your own, you start to combine them, or at least I do because I'm a big nerd. But And then you start <laughs> making things, and then suddenly I, I realized that there's, there's, there's this conversation going on with other people doing this sort of thing that I could contribute to, and that was – that was really fun. But I think the big thing is just that barrier to entry that you need to be able to find statistics in different places to collect them, to start to combine them on yourself and play with them yourself. 
And once I started doing that, it was like there's this whole world. There's this whole world of things I could study, whole world of things that haven't been asked in this way. It was really exciting. Michael, in the two minutes that we got left here with you, I have to ask you this, and this is uh, I'm doing this you know, for, for our good friend, the Fantasy Gaffer, and a few other people out there, and, and the folks who are doing their thing with Euro Fantasy League. The timeline that you lay out of kind of the last 10 years, it was right when fantasy soccer really uh, be, became a thing, be, became a, a real popular internet thing. Where does that tie in to all this in terms of the infatuation that people have found and developed with fantasy soccer? How much has that benefited the rise in, in analytics in the footballing world? I've, I've, I've definitely seen that, at least in sort of public writing, that a lot of people who are interested in winning a fantasy league are, you know, they want to have an edge. They want to find something, and they go to, you know, and, and, and they so they're starting to look for numbers. And this is actually one of the places where um, the numbers that we have are actually really particularly useful for fantasy. If you look at, if you start to look at player shots, you try to sort of get out of the mindset of, you know, he scored six goals and more at the mindset of he had 12 shots from not particularly good areas. Um, last year, uh, one of the hot picks early in fantasy were guys like Mohamed Diame from Hull and who, who were scoring a couple of goals, but not from very many shots. And if you were following the analytics, you wouldn't be able to see that these were guys who probably couldn't keep it up. Um, somebody I think is going to be a good pick in fantasy coming up is Alexis Sanchez, who's had 28 shots and hasn't scored one. And he's the sort of guy who usually scores four. Um, those are going to come. And so, if you, so I think people playing fantasy looking for that edge are going to be looking at the kind of numbers that we do really have, looking at these shot statistics. I love it. And and knowing knowing when the tides are going to turn, I love that. Well, if you know, if Alexis has taken 28 and none of them have gone in, that means that in the next 28 that he's going to take, the footballing gods are going to shine brightly on him and everything's <laughs> going to even out the way it always does in this world. I absolutely love it. And again, the last thing I want to say here is we're talking about fantasy soccer and the influence that that has had. It's amazing to think of that then really influencing teams in real life soccer using this stuff the way people would for a, a fantasy game on their computers it's an incredible conversation <laughs> love to continue it uh sometime soon with you michael you're welcome back on the show anytime thank you so much for joining us and uh best of luck this premier league weekend uh cheering on your spurs thank you thank you again that like was that. michael Cayley of espn fc bringing baseball stat nerdiness to the world of football you gotta love it get at them on Twitter at MC underscore of underscore a Michael Kaylee C-A-L-E-Y right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Back to take the express train home after this. Stay tuned. Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. 
you only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Today, more than ever, Americans need a means to protect their life savings. With a troubled economy and government spending out of control, they've been forced to promote loose money policies, which decreases the value of the dollar and promotes inflation. Birch Gold Group can help you protect your savings by rolling over all or a portion of your IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by physical gold. Take advantage of the best gold prices in years and enjoy the long-term hedge against inflation that gold provides by moving into a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Call Birch Gold Group today for a free consultation on how a tax-free rollover to a gold IRA can offer stability, protection, and the peace of mind that your life savings, which you've worked so hard to build, is safe. Call 888-221-0010 and receive Birch Gold's free information kit, which offers the best-kept secrets for safeguarding your savings with gold. Call 888-221-0010. That's 888-221-0010. Do you know which investment has tripled in price since the debt crisis and risen an average 20% a year for 11 years? It's not stocks, not bonds. It's silver. And right now, we at Lear Capital believe silver is poised to hit new record highs. And we're making it easier to own than ever. For a limited time, new customers with $5,000 or more to invest in gold or silver can get up to 10 certified Morgan Silver Dollars absolutely free. That's right, up to 10 100-year-old Morgan Silver Dollars when you invest $5,000 or more. A $600 value free. This offer is available for IRA accounts as well. Call right now, 800-631-9229, Call Lear Capital now, 800-631-9229. World Soccer Talk Radio back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Before I let you go and let you get off to your great footballing weekend that I'm sure you're about to have Friday, Saturday, Sunday with so many great matches on TV, and I hope you were out there playing the beautiful game and watching the beautiful game in person as well. On Wednesday night, I I talked about getting to go to the uh, San Jose Earthquakes game, and I went up with a great family friend, an old man by the name of Barry, who, who was born and raised in England. And Barry was a man who, when I was a little kid, Barry taught me so much about the game. He told me great stories of being at Wembley in 1956 for the Troutman final, telling stories of seeing Georgie Best when he came to play for the San Jose Earthquakes. And last night, got to have a couple of oatmeal stouts with my own father and our great friend Ali, a Tunisian man who at age 72 is still playing soccer three times a week. And I'm wearing my Tunisia jersey right now that Ali brought me back from Tunisia a couple of years ago. Before I let you go, I wanted to tell you this. The people that gave you the game, the people that taught you the good book of soccer, give one of them a call today. Write one of them a letter today and thank them for giving you the beautiful game. That is what it's all about. Without those people that I just named, I wouldn't be doing this show right now. I love you. Talk to you Monday. Cheers.